morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. The date is Monday, June 27th. You're listening to the 7.31 a.m. podcast. I hope despite being sort of a tumultuous weekend for a lot of people in the U.S., I hope you were able to find some time for yourself to do something you like this weekend. And if not, you find some time sometime during this week. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, some fun anniversaries. Uh, well, let's just dive in. I want to talk about Paris Fashion Week, which if you don't know, um, I'm the style editor at 1.37 p.m. So this is one thing that I'm really excited to talk about. And then we've got a couple of other little stories to talk about too. But first, um, it's Toby Maguire's birthday. So I want to shout that out. And then I know I've said it on the podcast pretty frequently. In my opinion, the greatest superhero movie of all time and definitely the best Spider-Man movie of all time is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But at a very, very close second by a very slim margin to me is Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire, um, the one with Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. I feel like it's that is one of the most just pivotal, incredible. The first Spider-Man is great, but I feel like the second Spider-Man was really a moment where people were like, you can make sort of an interesting, cool movie where people give really nuanced performances, um, and it's a superhero movie. And then another anniversary that this one's pretty small. I wouldn't usually include this, except for that I was literally listening to the song today, and when I was looking at the dates, I was like, I gotta shout this out. So Bobby Womack um, is the was the guitar player for Sam Cooke. Uh, he wrote It's All Over Now, um, which as soon as they heard it, the Rolling Stones quickly recorded a cover version of it, and I 1964, which that was their first ever number one hit in the UK. And Bobby Womack's cover of Fly Me to the Moon, which um, is just kind of a standard from the 50s that a lot of people, of course, Frank Sinatra and a lot of people have done. His version is one of my favorite songs of all time. I was listening to it today when I was walking around in the city. But if you've never listened to Fly Me to the Moon, Bobby Womack's version, um, I would definitely recommend listening to it while you're walking around in the sunshine because it is one of the most just joyful renditions of that song with this beautiful big band. It is an incredible, incredible wonderful wonderful song and he was a wonderful artist who wrote for a lot of people he's the kind of name where not everybody knows his name but everybody knows music that was influenced by him and i encourage you to listen to fly me to the moon because i think you will if you haven't heard it you will really get a kick out of his version of it with that we can dive into a style story paris men's fashion week took place last week fashion weeks are really confusing they do two fashion weeks a year and there are men's fashion weeks and women's fashion weeks and so uh this last week was the men's fashion week for spring summer 2023 um and just some takeaways one of the most important things was the louis vuitton show was really interesting and as people know since virgil abloh's passing louis vuitton has not had a primary creative director or artistic director so a lot of the shows since have featured work that was in progress when Virgil was still with us. This is the first show that featured no pieces that Virgil actually himself worked on. The uh, entire project, the entire collection was designed by his menswear team. I think they did a really, really wonderful job with it. You can go to Getty Images and you can look at essentially any of these shows or go to Vogue or one of those publications that just posts all the images. Um, I think they did a really great job of carrying on his legacy. A lot of the pieces look like things that he would have designed. And then additionally, many people believe that this will be the last Louis Vuitton show before they name a new creative director, um, a new person to sort of lead the direction of the house for the menswear. Um, some of the people that people think could be potentially named that position are Grace Wales Bonner, who runs Wales Bonner, um, which has quickly become super, super popular in the US, mostly for their Adidas collaborations. The Wales Bonner Adidas collabs are amazing. I have a pair of Adidas Sambas um, that I love. And then also Martine Rose, a lot of people think might be the name 
name as well. We actually have explainer pieces about both of these people on the website. So if you're curious about these two designers who a lot of people think might end up taking up the mantle at Louis Vuitton, um, Google Grace Wells Bonner, 137 p.m. or Martine Rose, 137 p.m. And you can read a little bit about how they became the designers that they are. They're both two of the fastest growing, um, fastest becoming popular designers in the game. Uh, Kendra performed at the Louis Vuitton show as well, which was really cool. Louis Vuitton show was great. It was a nice, it was interesting to see a show that Virgil did not participate in in any capacity that still really had his trademark style. It it felt like he was still there. Um, Then a bunch of other stuff. I really like the Tom Brown show. I think that if you're not super into fashion, some good shows to check out. I thought the Kiko Kostadinov show, which a lot of people in the US who are into streetwear maybe know Kiko Kostadinov for, he has done a lot of collaborations with Asics. There's a lot of Asics Kiko shoes that I like a lot. Um, But check out the Kiko show. It's very like approachable, um, sort of just interesting cuts and interesting uh, materials as opposed to being like bombastic art type pieces. Um, and then there were, of course, tons of stars at Paris Fashion Week, as always. Um, a lot of NBA players, too. Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is like kind of the maybe the fashion person in the NBA to a lot of people, um, was seen at a lot of the shows. Uh, Kid Super did a really fun show where he featured some unorthodox models, including Keenan Thompson from SNL, walked and looked really cool. It was fun. And then also, if you're somebody who's mostly like into streetwear but hasn't gotten into high fashion, I would uh, recommend checking out Junior Watanabe's show. Um, you might know the name Junior Watanabe from the Kanye song, but Junior Watanabe's show was very, um, like, a, very approachable, I would say. Every outfit is something that you could see somebody wearing on the street, not the way that a lot of high fashion is like, ah, what is that? I would never wear that. Um, I thought his show was really, really incredible. He's been one of my favorite designers for a while, but so I think that for people getting into fashion, check out that show because a lot of the stuff you could definitely see yourself wearing. It's like cool, sort of um, Americana inspired streetwear. So with that, we can hop over to entertainment with a little box office roundup. Entertainment. So in a, kind of a surprising uh, report this weekend, which is that Elvis, which came out this weekend, was tied with Top Gun Maverick, even though Top Gun Maverick has been out now for like five weeks, I believe. They both earned $30.5 million, so kind of a soft weekend in general. Um, the final results will be tallied tonight, but that uh, was the, uh, the stats where they were at at the time of recording. And so Baz Luhrmann's Elvis movie, which has been getting mixed reviews, but I've heard a lot of people really liking it, um, had a pretty solid opening uh for the competition that was around, but still not as much as some of these other huge movies. Um, and go see the Elvis movie. I haven't seen it yet. I, it's directed by Baz Luhrmann, who also directed The Great Gatsby and that weird Romeo and Juliet movie from the 90s. Um, he's a very polarizing director, I would say. Um, I'm going to try and see it this week. But Top Gun Maverick in its fifth week in theaters, jumped back to first, tied for first. Um, and it now passed a billion, making it the first movie in Tom Cruise's career to earn a billion dollars. It's also the first movie released this year across a billion and only the second in the covid era to earn that much the other being spider-man no way home um, and then rounding out the top five jurassic world dominion which still just whew, it's not get good reviews but people are seeing it slipped to third followed by the black phone in fourth and light year in fifth and then also in sort of smaller box office news um a24's most recent release is marcel the shell with shoes on which if you were on youtube 10 years ago you know marcel the shell voiced by jenny slate the little youtube series um it opened and made one hundred seventy thousand dollars, but it was a very limited opening six screens in new york and la so it was a per screen average of twenty eight thousand, which is actually very high that's the highest per screen average um, of the weekend uh, for just the six theaters i haven't watched a marcel the shell video since i was like 13 um but i think i'm probably probably going to have to go see the movie because the reviews people are liking it and um, it seems like a cute little uh, kind of turn your brain off type of movie. Hopping over into gaming. 
From Software, which is the game studio behind Dark Souls and famously this year, Elden Ring is reportedly almost done with their next game, even though there's very little information about what the game is. Um, And then they also announced that they are hiring a ton of positions for future projects. So a new interview with 4Gamer came out uh, earlier this weekend with Hidetaka Miyazaki, who is the director and president of From Software. And he said that they are working on the next game um, and an, an unannounced project, we don't know what it is, is already in the final stages of development, meaning that we're going to hear about its release um, soon. But then also this coincided with news uh, or not news, but From Software had tweeted a list of literally dozens of uh, open job roles, um, suggesting that they are working on a lot of new projects as well. And a lot of the imagery used in the in the job listings was imagery from Sekiro, which is one of their most beloved games, the Samurai game, which I know people love, Bloodborne, Dark Souls. Um, so people think could be sequels to those games. But then also there was imagery from Armored Core, which is one of the games that people love, but has been long dormant that they've been hinting at maybe creating another game in the series. If you're a developer or somebody who works in gaming, maybe go check out the job listings because I know that they're hiring locks. They're working on a lot of new projects. Um, And then also there is a game that we don't know what it is yet that they have confirmed is close to being announced that it will be released soon, which is exciting for a lot of fans of the uh, of the production company. And with that, we can hop over into sports. Last night was game six of the Stanley Cup final. Game six of the Stanley Cup final took place last night and the Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Um, You know, we've talked about on the podcast that we didn't do a great job of covering the NHL the whole season, but we've been trying to cover throughout the playoffs and then into the final. And I'm from Colorado, so I I should have been following this more closely, but I tried to catch the past few games. I know people in Denver are going crazy, which is very fun. I'm from Boulder, but I've spent a lot of time in Denver as well. Um, The Avs finish off an incredibly, incredibly uh, impressive playoff run. They were 16-4 in this postseason in this playoffs, which is so crazy. Um, But so they were up 3-1 by game four, and then Friday night, Tampa managed it to stave off defeat by winning one, um, bringing it to 3-2. Then last night in the Sunday night game, Steve Stamkos scored the opening goal for the Lightning, but then uh, the Avs just had a really incredible second period. Um, Nathan McKinnon and Artry Lakonin each had a goal in that second period, and then um, I had Bo help me write this up. (laughs) And if you haven't been listening lately, we talk about hockey, Bo's alter ego for talking about hockey and pretending to be as passionate about hockey as he is about some of the other sports uh, is Bobby Puck. So I had to ask Bobby Puck for this. Um, And he said that uh, both teams were seemingly kind of banged up after weeks and weeks of intense hockey, just sort of hobbling to the finish line in the final game. But still, the Avs record 16-4 and in the postseason. It speaks for itself. Um, An incredibly impressive season for them. Uh, This is the first time the Avs have won since 2001. And as somebody from Colorado, I'm excited that they're going to get to have a a parade and, and celebrate. It's a fun night. That is it for today's episode. For more detail on these stories and more, head over to 137pm.com or follow us on social media. Also, make sure you hop in the Discord so that we can talk with the community. We'll be back tomorrow. As always, remember, stay curious. 